Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. This is Prang Medic, and my guest on my show today is going to be my amazing and beautiful wife. Uh, we're sitting here in our living room, and uh, we had been talking for a long time about doing podcasts, uh, just basically recording the casual conversations that we have around our house. Um, a lot of times, those things happen after dinner. We'll sit around at our kitchen table and uh, ruminate on different ideas, and it's we always come up with these amazing Mm-hmm. revelations and connections and we decided you know we should really record this stuff and save it because some people will probably benefit uh, from having the ability to eavesdrop on our conversations so we're going to uh, be doing a series of messages it may eventually be something we just do regularly on the show but we're going to be talking today about some things uh, one subject in particular that uh, she and I have both been talking a lot about and that is the subject of, I don't know, how would you describe it? For people who want to become entrepreneurs, who want to have their own business, there comes this time in the development of your business where you have to hire people to do things that you would normally do yourself. And yeah. It seems like in the beginning of any venture in business, uh, you're doing everything yourself because you haven't earned enough money yet to farm it out to anyone and we are particularly capable people so we hold on to these things i can do everything yeah hey i can so do all not... things through christ who strengthens me right so you and, have that verse going for you and so we think that well we don't really have the money to give this to anyone else so we're multitasking we're do- handling everything from you know keeping receipts and bookkeeping and taxes and mowing the grass, mowing the grass and trimming the trees and all our housework. Oil and changes. Oil changes, right? Um, there's all these tasks to do in the household, and then there's all this business stuff. You know, uh, my husband is doing, of course, uh, social networking and writing books, and I'm helping to edit them, and then... We have an editor as well. You so also we do the graphic design for the books. Go through this whole process, yeah, and graphic and, design. And and I at least have a full-time job. Right. And then um, I'm trying to switch over out of graphic design into painting more because that's what I was trained to do. I, so this isn't just to get your sympathy uh, for all the problems that we have. Right. <laughs> it's to illustrate the point that we have a lot of different things that we're trying to accomplish and what we frequently run into is just burnout and exhaustion and and not enough time to do everything well i think yeah and our lives are just run by the tyranny of the urgent everything you know you get certain times where it just seems like everything is urgent everything has to be done now and you're the only one who can do it right and And probably a lot and i think everyone in business who's starting out runs into this problem. So probably yeah. a lot of you can relate to this if you've started a business or 
you are thinking about starting a business, it's something that's going to happen where you get to the point where you feel like you're, you're not moving forward at the pace you'd like to because you're being held back by all these other tasks that just have to get done by someone. Yeah. So we've been, uh, we've actually been listening to some, uh, coaching, uh, classes and, uh, from some really inspiring people who have figured this stuff out, gone through the process and have come up with some, what I think are reasonable solutions to the problem. And one of the things I was thinking about this morning while I was in the shower is how this applies to my life. So I like, uh, a lot of guys, I like doing yard work and I like, you know, you know, if the car needs to be fixed, I usually repair it myself. But uh, my wonderful wife here has recently kind of basically instituted some rules and said, look, let's just take the car in and have somebody do the oil changes, do the cleaning on it, do the maintenance on it, because that's stuff that someone else can do. It doesn't cost that much. You know, it costs 30 bucks to have somebody else do the oil change. And I wasn't going to argue against that because... My car, which is a Subaru, is a nightmare to do oil changes on. I, I've never had a car that was like this, but the oil filter is actually located under the engine compartment, right dead center in the middle of the this exhaust system. And they actually made the exhaust a circular uh, exhaust circuit that goes around the oil filter. And you have to put your hand up inside of this thing to get the oil filter out. It's, um, <clears throat> it's kind of like putting the oil filter right in the crack of doom basically, where you have to reach into the flames and kind of just grab the filter and spin it. It's a colossal nightmare, and I don't like doing it. So finally, I decided a couple of years ago, okay, I'm done with this. I'm just going to let somebody else do it. And uh, that was one thing that was hard for me to let go of control of. And a lot of this is control. I like to be in control of things. But you know what? You still tried to take that back after we had been getting oil changes somewhere. Yeah, You had even thrown out all your equipment for doing it, you know, the drain pan and everything, because you said, I'm not doing this anymore. And then you went and bought another one and decided to try again, I think, one time. And then it sort of reminded you that, no, you really don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I had to be reminded again about why it was not a good idea for me to do oil changes anymore. (laughs) So uh, the other thing that I like to do is so we just turf that out to somebody else. We take it to a place here that does oil changes. They do a good job, and uh, that's one less thing I have to worry about. Uh, the other thing that has been on my mind is uh, yard work. I don't have a lot of grass. It's a small yard, and I, I have an electric mower, and I can literally like mow my grass in probably a half hour. We have some flower gardens, and we have some palm trees that need trimming, and the palm tree trimming is um, a lot of work, especially if it's July and it's 110 degrees outside. Trimming the palm trees is not exactly an awesome kind of work. And then there's uh, maintaining the pool and all that stuff. So what... And um, weeding. I do all the weeding. You do the weeding, and you're awesome at the weeding. (laughs) I don't know how or why you do the weeding. I'm just like, yeah, the weeds are happy today. (laughs) They're looking good, but you don't like weeds. No, so... Yeah, so we're doing, the thing is, the point is we're doing things that we could pay someone else to do, and we could free up our time and our brain space. Brain space is good. That's a big deal, I think, because um, your mind gets all cluttered with all this to-do stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, we could free it up, free up some time to do the things that are productive in our business. Right. So here's an example. 
And uh, on this show, we're going to try to be really super transparent about our lives and uh, what we do and why we do what we do and the ins and outs and particulars of um, what we're trying to accomplish. So we got our tax return. We had to do our taxes for 2014. And mm-hmm. we got a summary of my royalties from my book sales, 2014. My first book, uh, Divine Healing Made Simple, brought us in almost $25,000 in royalties for 2014. Now, here is something you should think about if you're aspiring to be a writer. That was our first book. I was an unknown author. We self-published the book. We didn't go through a regular uh, publisher. And the first year the book was out, it brought us $25,000 in royalties. I have to say that's not profits. That's That's gross. Without expenses. So we had expenses of advertising and editing and uh, other various things. We took yeah. some classes on... Our profits publishing. were probably nothing, actually, last no, year. <laughs> I think, no, I think it was probably half that. Yeah. Actually. We, well, there, this, that's another... That's a subject for another podcast. Yeah, but you actually. want to be realistic about, you know... But the $25,000 that we made is not profits. That's gross revenue. That's gross royalties. Um, we did a lot of right. advertising and promoting... Which cost a fair amount of money, and in looking at evaluating the money we spent on advertising, which is actually going to be the subject for another podcast, we probably made what fifty percent uh, of right. what we of what we brought in, brought in. So the thing is, this is what I was thinking about this morning. If I can write a book, and this is where this is where you have to sit down as the CEO of your business. You have to take time periodically and sit down and think about how this stuff actually flows, how the income and revenue uh, flows, and what your time is worth. So the question is this. If I am going to, on my, you know, two days off a week, my Saturday and Sunday, if I'm going to spend time on Saturday trimming the grass, uh, gardening, trimming the palm trees, and doing things around the house like that, I have to ask myself, how much is my time worth? And the way you figure out what your time is worth, and whether it's worth your money to pay someone else to do something, is what can you accomplish in your time? So let's just say, for example, um, I'm writing a book, and the book has 10 chapters. Let's say that I know I can make, or let's say that I don't know that I can make $25,000 in one year on that book. But my past experience has shown me that I can sell a book uh, and make $25,000 in royalties for one year. So if I have a 10-chapter book, each chapter, in a sense, is worth $2,500. $25,000 divided by 10. Each chapter is worth $2,500. If I can sit down on a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and write an entire chapter of the book and get it shaped up and edited fairly well to where I can hand it off to my editor, that weekend is essentially worth $2,500 to me. I mean, that's just simple math. Um, A 10-chapter book that 
you can sell for $25,000 in royalties for one year. One chapter is worth $2,500 just for that one year. Yeah. For the second year, it continues the royalties coming in, so then it's worth X number of dollars for the second year and the third. So if I can write one chapter in a weekend, that weekend is worth $2,500. How many people could you hire to do your yard work, your laundry, your cleaning, your whatever, if you mm -hmm. can spend your time writing and doing what it is that's going to move your business forward. I could hire a lot of landscapers <laughs> for $2,500. Right. And that's what I realized this morning is as much as, yeah, I'm okay, I can do the yard work. Yeah, I can work on the car. Yeah, I can fix this stuff. If I have to take a whole day out of my writing schedule to replace the toilet, right. which I can replace the toilet, but if I have to pay a plumber 200 bucks to come and replace the toilet, or I can write a chapter in a book, right. I have to say, okay, what's I'm going to have to, here? yeah, what's the trade-off? I have to cough up the money and pay the plumber because my time is worth more than the plumber's time is. Yeah, and you know when you start a home improvement project, there's always, you open a can of worms. Everybody knows. Well, even, it's so not we, that simple. No, we had a plumber come and had to, he had to do a toilet replacement. And this is a guy who's a professional. He does this all the time. He had to go and run back and forth to get parts. And he ended up breaking the lid on the toilet and having yeah. to get a new toilet. So, yeah. Which cost him a lot of money because he couldn't charge us for it. But that just illustrates the point that um, if you're serious about running your business and making it profitable, you have to give yourself the time necessary to create the content, to get the work done, whether it's giving yourself time to get social media contacts together or whether it's time to create videos or audios or whether it's time to bake cookies and get your things out in your Etsy shop or create bracelets right. or get up write there. Write your blog post. Write your blog post, paint your paintings. If you do not allow yourself the time to do those things that create your you know, things revenue. for, yeah, great revenue, you are never going to have a successful business. And that's one of the things that we're running into right now. So would you like to share some thoughts from your perspective on that? Because uh, you struggle with this a lot. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I've had a lot of coaching in the past. I had a whole year of personal coaching where, uh, it was, it was done online and we had, um, classes every week we had homework every week we were learning how to balance all the areas of our life you know um relationships and finance. business finance you name it and i did really great that year because i had coaching you know you have somebody that's holding you accountable to things and um that was the year that i met my husband and that was the year that i I just did a ton of stuff, so and I um, we planned our our wedding. Uh, I sold my house. I moved to Washington from Pennsylvania. It was a huge year, and I really have to credit my coach and that whole team of students that helped me along the way. Um, so, so what we're doing now is kind of we've been getting some sort of free coaching because there's a lot of free stuff available online. Uh, a lot of coaches give away 
some of their content that you can just listen to for free on podcasts or on YouTube. And um, that's been inspiring me again to think about having someone hold me accountable to things that I want to do and get me on track and on focus so that I can let go of some of these other things. Well, you're going to sign up for Sam's coaching, are you? Yeah. So I ran into this woman, Samantha Bennett. You might want to look her up on YouTube or on her website, the Organized Artist Company. She's crazy, but she's really, yeah, really she's good. Yeah, she's quite fun. And she's got a great sense of humor. Really thinks outside the box. And so I just decided, and my husband approved uh, me to sign up for a program with her. So it's only $365. It's, so it's a dollar a day. Um, for some somebody to hold you accountable and for some great information and great tips about how to move forward in your business. We can put a link to Sam's website in the podcast notes. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess we could do some podcasts on that as, it, as we go. Well, I'm not big on uh, coaching stuff. I don't really know much about that. I first got introduced to it when she and I were met each other and she was going through the coaching and I didn't know anything about it. I still don't know a whole lot about it, but what I have learned from the calls that she's been in on, from the messages she's listened to, it, it has greatly inspired me. Well, the Thriving Artist series was just over the top cool. Yeah. It was that, so good. That was another thing that I did recently. Someone sent me a link. I don't remember even how I got connected with it, but, um, it was called the Thriving Artist Summit. And so I signed up and it was free. It was two full weeks of interviews with um, very successful people, mostly artists or authors or uh, choreographers, artistic people who were breaking the myth of the starving artist. So they were actually thriving, they were making good money, you know, and they told how they did it. There were lots of great questions and great answers in that whole series. I mean, it was intense because I was listening to two to three hours of interviews every day and taking notes. And you only had a certain amount of time to listen to them because they were free. So if you slacked off, then you missed some stuff and you couldn't get caught up. So then they made all of those also available for purchase if you wanted to keep them and remember them for the future. But what a great series and it connected me to other all these other artists who are offering coaching or services um, themselves um, yeah that really uh, inspired me I mean I don't consider myself an artist but I guess in a way I am you are. You're an because author. I'm an author so that's a, a creative person but just the way that some of these people stumbled into accidentally uh, these great opportunities to advance their their career or how some people just through dogged determination and not giving up and banging on doors and hounding people finally mm -hmm. got the break that they wanted and it turned into, you know, next year they're making six figures and yeah. the comes. And it was oh, great. isn't there that one um, artist who he does all pencil drawings because he's pencil colorblind. Yeah. So he doesn't use color and he does very intricate, detailed, realistic pencil drawings, but he sells them for what? $12,000. Yeah. Uh, he sells pencil drawings for $12,000. The originals. Yeah. And people buy, people buy them. 
um, he sells a lot of them to, you know, he'll do drawings of tractors and heavy equipment and sell them to companies like Caterpillar or whoever for them to hang in their corporate office or something. And, and he also sells prints of his work. So the prints, you know, sell, of course, for much less. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, and a great business person. Yeah. His mom works, not his mom, uh, his wife and her mother work for him, with him. In his business? Yeah. yeah. You know, packing up paintings and or drawings and s sending them out, doing book work or whatever. But They probably get paid pretty well. Yeah, and he has a, he had <laughs> hired another woman, young woman, to do some framing or whatever. So, you know, he had to learn to let go of some of that stuff and let other people do it. Yeah. One of the things that really inspired me about that series was uh, the fact that I know a lot of people, and I sometimes myself am guilty of this, of thinking too small. One thing that I have to continually remind myself about is that God's dreams for me are much bigger than the dreams I have for myself. And we, most of us tend to underestimate our potential. We tend to undervalue our talent and our ability. We undermarket ourselves. We don't dream big enough. And listening to these just insanely successful people in a kind of work that is where you typically hear about lots of people who have never been able to sell anything, they're dirt poor, they can't pay their bills, they just, they're struggling and they can't sell anything and nobody cares about what they're doing. In that culture where there's so many people who seem to struggle with success, to hear all these different people and all these, you know, varied success stories was tremendously encouraging for me. I know it was for you. Yeah. Because you've lived with the big fat lie. Right. I mean, I came out of art school back in the 70s and, you know, tried it for a while. Tried to be an artist and go to galleries or go, you know, try to get a show. And I did have a couple shows and, you know, one in a bank and somewhere else. But I was kind of shy and I really didn't know how to promote myself. And, and there was no internet back then to do any kind of self-promotion. So you had to do it all in person. And I was really not quite able, or at least I felt like I wasn't. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone around me to support what I was doing or anyone to pave the way. They don't teach you in art school how to succeed as an artist. They teach you how to make art. Yeah, they don't teach you in college, uh, you know, writing classes, how to be successful as an author. Right, and They now, don't teach you social marketing, they don't, they're social media marketing, promotion, in, all yeah, that stuff. We're just in such an interesting time right now because it's easier now with the internet and social media to market yourself and your work than ever, ever in history. I mean, think about it. You always had to send out a salesman or something or go out yourself door to door to businesses or wherever to do any kind of marketing or mail out all these brochures or whatever. Um, when I started as a graphic designer, you know, I worked for a company and I worked in their creative department where we did nothing but junk mail, direct mail, and sent out tons and tons of paper that ended up in people's trash cans, you know. So we don't have to do that anymore, thankfully. With a few clicks of the mouse now, you can uh, market and promote things 
and it's so much easier than it used to be if you use the right tools and if you know you know learn a little bit about how to do that stuff um, you know the thing about um, that you live with the I just mentioned earlier the big fat lie which is something that we've been taking pretty seriously lately a lot of us live with lies uh, we have these you know it, it, when you listen to these people who are um, doing coaching they call them your inner voice or your what is it? Your the the your mean, girl, mean girl, the inner mean girl, or the inner mean guy, or the inner bully, inner critic, the inner critic. These voices that we all listen to, that are telling us you're no good, you're you know nobody you're cares about you, you're, you're not sincere. You're not people good enough. people can see right through you. You know who do you who are you kidding? You know you you're not. You are. You're never going to be successful. And, and all those um, critical things that that we hear and. You know, they catch this in the terms of, like, your inner person. Well, we know they're demons. Yeah, to us, it's, it's the enemy <laughs> they're just, telling They're just us. demonic voices running around, whispering, rumoring, gossiping, accusing, and all that other stuff. So one of the things that um, I think is really key to uh, being successful is to start thinking of yourself as a successful artist or author or whatever is it, it is that you want to do. Um, you have to learn how to silence the voices of the enemy, mm-hmm. and you have to learn to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So these personal coaching people, they'll tell you, well, you know, you need to li- listen to your inner wisdom. <laughs> yeah, which is God's wisdom. <laughs> which is, which is actually the, the voice Spirit. of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, they have kind of figured out that, that there's a voice that speaks to you, and you need to listen to the voice that speaks the truth. The voice speaks that kindness. speaks hope and mm-hmm. kindness. And they haven't identified that as a voice of God, but that's what it is. It's just the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Right. Um, which is really kind of cool when you... There is this battle. It's a battle of the mind. Yes. It's the voices of the enemy trying to defeat you. And the voice of the Holy Spirit trying to speak the truth. And to speak life. And to speak uh, your destiny to you. Uh, right. And one of the keys of success is learning how to hear and obey the voice that knows your destiny, that knows your gifts, that has that big dream for you, that wants you to be successful. Right. And to not self-sabotage. Ooh, self-sabotage. We only have a couple of minutes left if we're going to do a 30-minute podcast. Yeah, that's a whole (laughs) other... I mean, there's so much to this. We're touching on little bits yeah, we've learned a lot in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to be unpacking a lot of this, I think, over the next uh, few weeks and going into more detail on some of the stuff that we're learning and things that we've uh, discovered. Briefly, self-sabotage. Well, when you listen to those voices, or let's say you're, get, you're getting some coaching. I've heard this from one of the coaches. You're getting coaching. You're doing great. You're just about to break through and get that project done or whatever it is that you're working on. You're ramped up, you know, everything's going smoothly. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose and all kinds of problems crop up, you know, either external or internal. You get sick. You can get sick. You become um, And then that becomes your excuse why you can't continue or you have... A garage full of stuff that you have to get rid of. 
Yeah, or just old so, junk. So now, so, so now you're going to have, you know, two months of yard sailing and getting rid of stuff in your garage because yeah. you don't want to actually put the energy and time into getting that breakthrough. You'd rather find something else to do. Or you start second guessing mm-hmm. your plan, you know, the priorities that you've made and the... I love what Sam said. She goes, as soon as you're ready to get that breakthrough, it's like the universe has a yard sale on your old junk. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. That was so good. Like your old boyfriend calls and says, yeah. hey, baby. Your former you know, employer and calls and says, hey, you know, uh, if you're really interested in coming back to work for us, uh, we've got a job. Pay and you a little bit more. Not enough to be successful, but enough to get you distracted from what you, you really yes. want to. <laughs> so there's all sorts of ways that we self-sabotage but it's really just um getting off track you know giving up instead of pressing through the problem yeah yeah and that's the thing is you know something there's fear of success and there's fear of failure that is the one fear of success i think is one of my problems that i'm going to be it dealing is. with when i get this coaching so talk to me about uh the fear of success that you have yeah um well, I've had health problems over the years, and I've conquered a lot of them, but I still feel like I'm low on energy sometimes, and I wonder if my paintings start to sell and, and people want things or they want custom work, if I will have the energy to continue it. Can I keep up the pace? Will I have the stamina to do it? Will people expect all this great stuff from me that maybe I can't deliver? Success brings more work, you know? And I, I look at it like, oh my gosh, I already have too much work because I haven't delegated things that I should be delegating. Exactly. So it, it seems um, overwhelming. I think it's overwhelm, fear of success, fear of failure. You know, what if nobody likes it and I put all this effort and I feel rejected? Well, one of the things about fear of success is, so let's say, for example, your original paintings start selling for, you know, $3,000. And they become very popular. And you have demand for those original paintings. And you can now have the demand where you can sell 20 original paintings a month hmm. for $3,000. Well, that, I mean, it is a problem. It is a problem. But it's a, be, it's a good problem to have. Because exactly. now you have the potential, if you can sell your paintings for two or 3,000 original ones, and you can do 10 of them. That that is being a successful artist, and but people then, are doing this. But then you have to look at the reality of how do I get the time to put in that much time into my paintings to do the originals and then get the prints made. The only way you're going to do that is to take the work that you don't like doing and give it to somebody else. Which brings us full circle back around to delegating the things that you that you don't like. Um, one of the guys that we were listening to had a really good uh, way to explain that. He had called it the wax and the flame. Yeah. The flame is a reference to the things you love to do, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you can spend hours and hours doing and you just enjoy it. The wax is the things that you really don't like doing. That kind of bog you down. They bog you like down. They bother work. you. They're, they're a pain, whether it's filing bookkeeping, doing taxes. Some people don't like doing social media. Some mm-hmm. people don't like blogging. The flame is the, the passionate area of the business that you really like. So what the, one of the su- suggestions for people is to find as much opportunity to do the thing that puts you in your flame and 
as soon as you're able to delegate the wax details to somebody else, do it. Because it's the wax details, the things you don't like doing, the things that someone else can do, that you really need to hire someone to do those for you. And, and you know, the thing is, um, like, we have bookkeeping issues. You're doing the bookkeeping right now, and you don't really like doing it. No, I hate and it. And you know eventually we're going to have to... We're going to have to turf that to someone else. Someone else is going to have to do the bookkeeping. And so we hire a bookkeeper and we pay him so much, you know, a month for doing our books. You know, is that something I really want to pay out for? No. But if it increases your time where you can do more paintings, it's worth it. Yeah, because right now then you get, we need the, the yard guy, we need the housekeeper, we need the bookkeeper. We already, we already let go of the taxes. I mean, but I we, do all the prep work. But we hired a really good guy who does our taxes for us. and uh, costs, uh, costs a lot of money. But, it's, but in comparison but do to you like sitting doing there taxes? for two months trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. It's, it's nothing compared to that. Right. So I think on that note, we're going to wrap up this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you benefited from it. And I hope we've given you some things to think about. If you have comments or questions, of course, you can leave them uh, in the comment section below the podcast. Um, if you have questions, you can email us. Uh, my email is admin at prayingmedic.com. Uh, my lovely wife, I don't know if she has an email address she's using right now, but um, you can get a hold of us, and if you have uh, feedback, we'd love it. Yeah, I'm still on Facebook as Denise Joseph because I had to get rid of Praying Medic's wife. They wouldn't let me use that anymore. So um, you can always contact me there in a private message. And I am not on Facebook anymore. Uh, they booted me off. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> actually, the Holy Spirit graciously asked me to leave too, so that was confirmation. But uh, I'm on MeWe, which is another social network. I am on Twitter. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. And then, of course, prayingmedic.com, the blog where most of my stuff happens. Um, you can contact me there. Uh, this is going to end our podcast for the week. Hope you guys have an awesome time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time.